Hello there and welcome to Planet Sport Football Africa. I'm Steve Vickers in Harare, Zimbabwe, joined by Solomon Ashoms in South Africa and by our European football expert Stuart Weir in the UK. And this week, with the start of the group qualifying stage for the 2015 Africa Cup of Nations, we take a look at how things might go for the 28 teams involved. And with the transfer window having closed in Europe, we look at some of the moves involving African players. For Ivory Coast striker Salomon Kalou, is it a good move going from Lille in France to Hertha Berlin in Germany? While I would say, generally speaking, that German football is of a higher standard than French, he is leaving a team at the top of the French League to go to one that is sort of mid-table. So that's coming up and certainly some very interesting late moves on the transfer market. Uh, but first, the 2015 Africa Cup of Nations finals in Morocco are just four months away and the big guns enter the qualifiers this weekend with the start of the group stage. Now we had two preliminary rounds and there were some surprise exits as the teams already eliminated include Kenya, Libya and Zimbabwe. The Gambia didn't even get to kick a ball in qualifying as they were disqualified by the Confederation of African Football from all competitions for two years. So the top two teams in each group will qualify, plus the best third-place team. And the seedings for the groups were made by CAF according to recent performances at the Nations Cup and in the 2014 World Cup qualifying. Now, it seems to give us some very tough-looking groups and, on the other hand, a few soft ones. Uh, Let's take a look at Group G, Solomon. Egypt, Senegal and Tunisia with Botswana, the fourth team there. That's a very tough group. Very, very tough group. Well, let's look at Egypt. Egypt was not around the last time at the Africa Cup of Nations. Egypt, you know, saw a lot of the rise in their football during the late 90s and early 2000s when they won a numerous Africa Cup of of Nations. But lately, with the uprising in Egypt and also football affected and tragedies, you know, it really affected Egypt. But it's good to see them back there. But they would have to fight Senegal. Senegal was disappointing last time around. Didn't qualify for the Africa a couple of nations they, they lost in qualifying and even the world cup you know they lost to ivory coast and they 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 are very talented individual team senegal but they've really been disappointing for me for me currently they are the most disappointing team in africa a lot of talent but so little to show for it tunisia also they are traditionally doing very well they have a new coach botswana was there at the 2012 edition of the africa cup of nations which they didn't do so well but in this group where Botswana is going to be facing Egypt, Senegal and Tunisia is really going to be difficult for them to get out of the group. Now, Group D's got three giants there in Cameroon, Ivory Coast and DR Congo all up against each other. What do you foresee for Cameroon in this qualifying campaign, Solomon? Remember that they've failed to qualify for the last two editions of the Nations Cup. Samuel Eto'o has retired now from international football. He'd been captaining the Indomitable Lions. Terrible World Cup campaign. What can they do in Nations Cup qualifying? I think Cameroon would really sit down and look at themselves and say, look, we've really been disappointed in the last two Africa Cup of Nations, and this is the time for us to really show forward. They have young players who have been there. There's Eno Aeon, who has been playing so well in midfield, but they're going to be playing an, an Ivorian site, Ivory Coast in that group, with a new coach, former Zambian coach, is now coaching them. And one thing with Ivory Coast also, they maintain a lot of the, the core of the team from the World Cup from the last few years. Yaya Toro 
Tore, Kolo Tore, they, a lot of them are still there, though Didier Drogba is officially uh, retired. But I think they that's a good way to be able to continue uh, with the core team while they are transiting. But DR Congo also been disappointing, but we've seen DR Congo doing so well in African football. football. AS Vita and TP Mazembe doing well so far in the Africa Champions League. So it shows so much uh, about their intention uh, in Africa football. This is going to be a really great group, Steve. I don't really know who is going to come out of this group because we might just see one or two surprises. That's quite some group is Group D. Uh, On the other hand, a relatively easy-looking group is Group C, where we have Angola, Burkina Faso, Gabon and Lesotho. Wouldn't mind being in a group like that, Solomon. Sometimes you wonder why uh, this group is so easy. Angola is trying to qualify way back in 2006. They got to Germany in the World Cup. But their football has been just going down the drain. But locally, their football has has really been improving. We've seen the likes of uh, prominent names like the likes of Rivaldo, the former Brazilian World Player of the Year and Barcelona player a few years ago, two years ago, actually he played in the Angolan league uh, so they, they've showed their intention of trying to build that league but I'm not sure they, they're really there together as a team, as a unit to uh, really uh, show and qualify but against Burkina Faso traditionally qualifying for the Africa Cup of Nations they always do that last edition of the Africa Cup of Nations we saw Burkina Faso playing in the final against Nigeria which they lost so Burkina Faso they're a strong contender and then there's Gabon back in the day Gabon used to play so well I remember a player called Jesus Nkono uh, in the 80s he was one of the strong guys in Gabonese team but in the 80s they it was easy for them to qualify for the World Cup and the 90s they struggled finally Lesotho the surprise of the group uh, they beat Kenya to qualify very little country but for me that is one of the success story of the qualifying round so far but they're going to be playing against seasoned contenders like Burkina Faso and Angola and if you put them together obviously we're talking about uh, countries that are totally on a different level in football but you never know football is all about surprises Okay, so uh, we got Lesotho there. Uh, Congo are trying again. They last qualified in 2000. Uganda, incredibly, still trying to qualify for the first time since 1978. So any teams you think might make a rare appearance at the finals this time? There's a few chance that, you know, we might just see one team making a rare appearance. I'm definitely looking at Lesotho. Uh, I wouldn't want to say they, what they did against Kenya was a fluke, but also there's Gabon. There's the flames of Malawi also. Uh, they, they might just uh, spring a surprise. It's always good to see one team, you know, making a rare appearance because, uh, you know, it just shows that football is becoming a balanced game. And, and also it gives a lot of hope for, for the country because when a country sends its football team to play in the Africa of nations it's about really going out there to represent us give us more hope so we can believe in ourselves and also believe in our society and our country well so lesotho may be for a first appearance at the africa cup of nations finals solomon thinks it's possible we'll have to see about that and how it goes to our facebook page now here on planet sport football africa last week we asked what can be done about stadium violence in africa this following the death of cameroonian albert ebos in algeria after he was hit by an object thrown from the stands well abdu dem in the gambia says it's definitely a disappointment for african football and Cam- 
IMF should impose heavy sanctions and leagues should increase the number of security personnel deployed in stadiums and they should prevent people bringing suspicious objects into the stadiums. Olatunde Adeleke says, May God console his family. It's a real tragedy and we just need to increase security in all our stadiums and to put heavy punishments on anyone who misbehaves. And Cherno Jallo also says, My view is security should be increased in the stadiums and fans should not be allowed in with objects and above all putting hefty or life bans on culprits of such incidents would work. Well, thanks for all those comments. Always great to hear from you on our Facebook page. And this week, uh, tell us what you think about the Africa Cup of Nations qualifying results. We'll be posting as the results come in on our page, Planet Sport Football Africa. And that's all one word. Now let's go to our European football expert, Stuart Weir in the UK. The transfer window in Europe closed on Monday with lots and lots of business. In fact, uh, Stuart, uh, huge volumes of business in this uh, transfer window. Yes, one's almost relieved that it's over because there was so much activity. And, you know, the Manchester United signing of Radamel Falcao was the one that nobody saw coming. And, you know, Manchester United, a team traditionally build their own teams, the Busby Babes, then the the so-called class of 92, the, you know, the David Beckhams, the Neville brothers, the Scholes, Ryan Giggs. But look, Manchester United could easily be starting this season with six big money signings in their team, because as well as Falcao, there's Angel Di Maria from Real Madrid, Marcus Roja from Argentina, Ander Herrera, the, the sign from Atletico Bilbao, Dili Blint, who played so well for Netherlands in the World Cup, and Luke Shaw uh, from Southampton. And, you know, there's a massive amount of money being spent on those players. But, you know, they're not the only one. Uh, Chelsea, in a way, did their business cleverly and early by signing Diego Costa, who's been scoring so many goals. And, of course, they've got uh, Cesc Fabregas behind him. Arsenal were under a lot of pressure to sign a striker. The one that he signed took everyone again by surprise, Danny Welbeck from Manchester United. Now, traditionally, premiership clubs do not sell players to their main rivals, but I think Manchester United were so desperate to recoup some money that they were happy to let Welbeck go. Um, and then, you know, we've talked about how Liverpool have lost uh, Luis Suarez, but then for them to bring in Balotelli, there's an amazing, almost like-for-like, like, you know, a player with great talent and a lot of off-the-field issues as well. So it's certainly not going to be dull in the Premiership this season. Yes, it's going to be absolutely fascinating after all those moves uh, in the transfer window. A lot of African players are moving and are being signed. Uh, one big one for listeners in the Gambia is that a Swansea City uh, completed the signing of a Gambia-born uh, Modu Barrow from Swedish uh, second-tier club Ostersunds. Uh, he's 21 years old and uh, he's been put in the under-21 squad and, in fact, scored on his debut midweek. So uh, this uh, the first Gambian in the English Premier League, Stuart. Yes, he is indeed. Uh, I mean, he, uh, as you say, born in Gambia, family moved to Sweden when he was 11. Uh, he's played for three seasons in the second division in Sweden and is now getting his chance uh, to move up uh, into the English Premiership. Swansea City are one of those clubs that people expected to come up and go straight down again, but they've held their own. And of course, he'd be able to team up with uh, Wilfred Bonney. Now, there's a lot of speculation that he might move to Arsenal, for example, in the transfer window, but it didn't happen. So uh, Bonney, who was scoring a lot of goals for Swansea, is there. And um, 
you know, I think that Swansea can look forward to this season again with, uh, with reasonable confidence. So, uh, Wilfred Bonney at Swansea joined by the first Gambian in the English Premier League. That's Amadou Barrow. Now, Salomon Kalou, the Ivory Coast striker, we heard from him on the programme uh, a couple of months ago. The former Chelsea striker has now joined Hertha Berlin in the German Bundesliga, moving from Lille in France. He's 29 years old now. He's got a three-year deal with Hertha Berlin. How do you view this, Stuart? Is this an upward move or a downward career move for Salomon Kalou? Well, Salomon Kalou is certainly getting to know the geography of Europe because he's played in the Netherlands, in England, in France, and now moving to Germany. You know, he hits three seasons uh, at, at Lille. I uh, have seen him score 30 times, so he's, he's still able to do it. Now, it's a very interesting question you ask whether moving from France to Germany is up or down. Um, Lille have been finished third in the French League last season and were in the Champions League playoff and in fact Kalou played in those um, Hertha Berlin are a mid-table German team and so while I would say generally speaking that German football is of a higher standard than French he is leaving a team at the top of the French League to go to some to one that is sort of mid-table on the other hand you know Berlin's a lovely city to play in to live in and they had to play in the old Olympic Stadium which hosted the 2006 World Cup final and it's a nice place uh, to play your football. And, you know, I, I haven't been told the details of his contract, but I would be surprised if he's moving for less money, Steve. I'm sure, uh, unlike you and me, I'm sure that money has come into this somewhere. <laughs> yes, uh, sure, it must be a good move there for Salomon Kalou. Now, one of the stories of uh, last weekend has to be Samuel Eto'o, the Cameroon great, scoring on his debut for Everton. Um, somewhat overshadowed because uh, there were so many goals in that game as uh, Everton uh, lost a 6-3 to an on-fire Chelsea. Eto'o, of course, uh, offloaded by Chelsea and joining Everton. You just wonder what's ahead for uh, Samuel Eto'o this season after that uh, really promising start, Stuart. Samuel Eto'o had a great career at Barcelona and then at Inter Milan, but when he left them in 2011 to go and play in Russia, it seemed that he was more interested in money than in, in actual ambition as a player. And I think he could be quite a useful player, particularly playing alongside uh, Roman Lukaku, who's now signed permanently at Everton. So uh, I think we might see more of, more of Eto'o this year uh, than, than we would expect. Well, thanks a lot, Stuart. So Samuel Eto definitely making a great start there at Everton. We'll take a look at a few more of the transfers on next week's show. But that's it for today. Hope you enjoy the Nations Cup qualifiers this weekend and indeed next Wednesday. They should be very exciting. You can give us your reaction to the results on our Facebook page. That's Planet Sport Football Africa. And that's all one word. So from me, Steve Vickers, from Solomon Ashams and Stuart Weir, thanks for being with us. You can find us online at planetsport.tv. And Planet Sport Football Africa is a 2K Plus international sports media production.